0: I've still I've been kind of like testing around this webcam. It's it'll be the first time I've actually used this. Nice.
1: Well, uh welcome everybody to Game Busters. That's right, we're already in the podcast. Oh shit. Look around you. We've been in here for hours. (laughs) Um so uh this is Game Busters, uh podcast by GameLuster.com. I am your host, Nirav. As always, I am not joined by Alyssa today because she is dead. Uh, she's not actually dead, but she has metaphorically died to me. Um, she apparently was so hungover that it is 6 p.m. the next day and she is still asleep. So I have never Lynn been at that. I have Lynn never Lynn been there. at that level before, personally. <laughs> I don't know if yeah. you guys have. Unfortunately. Uh. <laughs> Once or twice. <laughs> sure. Um, cool. So, um Yeah. So each week on our podcast here we do a deep dive into a game or a franchise that we want to talk about and uh, sometimes we're doing it out of the passion of our hearts. sometimes we're riding that sweet SEO wave today we're doing both um, hey. <laughs> so um, yeah I'm I'm Nirav, as I said and I'm joined uh, by local infected here uh, Eric. Hey, glad to be here. Uh, Kyle. Hello, I'm back.
2: Yeah, Kyle it long back. hiatus.
1: You can't have been gone more than like three months.
2: That feels like a long (laughs)
1: time. (laughs) And uh, David. Hello there. Welcome. Okay, so um, we got a full panel for you here today. We are going to be talking about The Last of Us. Um, This was actually something we decided a few weeks ago before we even knew about the the remake of part one. Oh, and the star of the show is here. Hold on. It's Ellie.
3: And for everyone watching, that's his cat.
1: Yes, if, you, if anyone's listened to any other episode of this show, they, they would have to know about Ellie because she's always here for recordings. Um, but yes, I did. I did name Ellie after the character from The Last of Us because I got her while I was playing that game and she Hi. loved watching me play it. So um, that is who she is uh, anyway. So, um, yeah, let's let's go ahead and, and ease into it by just kind of going around and saying what we've been uh, playing this week. Um, so Eric, kick us off. What you've been playing
3: recently? Well, yesterday I started, um, and and I for some reason I can never say the name just right. But I started the quarry, the quarry, yes, quarry, the quarry, quarry. The quarry. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Started that last night. Uh, I did a stream for about two hours. Had about mm-hmm. you know a couple people in there. We were having a good time. It started off very strong, and I'm in the uh, chapter right now where we're getting, I guess, to know each of the characters so that we can feel bad when they die um cool. yeah so it's so far it's a lot of fun um it's awesome. really well done and yeah it's it's um i am
1: i'm so excited for that game i've talked about it a lot like until dawn is like still a, on my my top of all time list and i'm very excited for a proper follow-up to it i'm playing it tonight with a friend so i'm excited uh nice not um, personally
0: played any but i know the easy allies uh streams are very fun with those games <laughs> yes
1: they are very good at them
2: um okay cool uh, kyle what you've been playing recently oh uh, playing too much um still playing elden ring a bit it hasn't really hooked me as much as dark souls did so it's kind of a Just slowly going through that um also playing civ like mm-hmm. always <laughs> and Six? i finally got back to uh near automata uh, this week um <laughs> I, took, I took a little break from it because i was playing too many single player games at once so i wanted to finish crosscode first and now i'm finally getting back to it so it's it's got pretty good nice how how far in are you um i'm at like the forest kingdom are you on a or b a still. okay yeah so you're still like barely into it yeah pretty much okay <laughs>
1: um yeah and uh yes that is one yeah. of my favorite games
3: with near automata i my my goal was to get to the point where i could buy all the trophies but i never got that far <laughs> yeah, you can buy the trophies with in game currency.
1: Um <laughs> I'm assuming it's expensive. <laughs> I don't actually know. I never never bothered, but um
3: yeah. Well, apparently there's a trick where you can, you know, buy a certain amount and reload your save and then continue to buy them until you go through them all. Ah
2: uh-huh. <laughs> I did just discover that you can uh that you can upgrade your weapons with the things that you pick up. I've just been selling Jeez. everything. <laughs> yeah it is an rpg so (laughs) you're gonna want to get better weapons
1: uh man i love later later in the game things get like so wild and like i love that like when you get hit like parts of the ui disappear and stuff like that (laughs) like it's hilarious oh my god so good um okay um and uh david what you been playing uh, i play Fortnite pretty
0: regularly but i don't i'm not like a hardcore Fortniter. i do my dailies and uh the new season just came out so it's been kind of fun just exploring the new map which is uh a lot of it's still the same from last season but they they had it like a, a good chunk of the map is now this like real colorful um like post uh the the uh, i forgot the the thing the big thing that shifts reality but um it's like a bunch of big mushrooms and it's all purples and greens and it's it's real nice vibes there um and that's been fun uh you know I, I kind of use Fortnite as a chill out game at night after work or whatever when i don't want to get too hooked into a story or a long gameplay i'm just like i'll do some drops and that's mm-hmm. a good way to relax um and then i beat rogue legacy 2 uh three days ago. Um, I think I my playtime on Steam is probably a bit off because I, I ended up leaving the game open quite a lot while just like walking away. So it says I have 55 hours in the game. Uh, I definitely have not played that much time, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I did probably, I don't, know, I don't know. I did a good chunk of loops. It took me a few gameplay, a good set of cycles to finally beat the game, but I, I liked it a lot. Uh, it's funny cause most of my major cycles were really just like grinding money to do upgrades and things. And then the ones that I ended up killing the bosses on, I killed every single boss over like two runs because they were just like hardcore runs that I was just like knocked out like four bosses. And then I got real, real uh, cocky and died in a zone. And then the net, the final run that I finished, I finished, I beat like the two zone bosses and then the final boss all in that one run. But um, I liked the game a lot. I think it was a great uh, step up from the first game, which I also really enjoyed. Um, Good map, good uh, good upgrades, a lot of cool classes. So, as someone
2: that uh, that really liked the first one, you'd recommend that I buy this?
0: 100 percent. Okay, cool.
2: It's been on my wish list like probably for like two years.
0: (laughs) It's it's very much like the first game. Like muscle memory will still be there, but they just like the classes feel better. Um, the map feels better. The uh, nice. the different upgrades feel better. The one like thing I would like the minor gripe I would have with it is that the castle that, of upgrades is huge, and so if you want to do all the upgrades, it's just like it would uh, it would require so much money. I'd say do. my
1: probably the major problem with it is that it is a roguelike. like. Hmm.
0: Yeah, hey, you don't that like probably, this, do
1: you? That would probably be my biggest issue. <laughs> uh, I have occasionally liked them, but it's very seldomly. Um. <laughs>
0: interestingly enough though i would say rogue legacy would be one of the ones that i would recommend to non-roguelike players you know hades obviously mm-hmm. probably yeah hades one. is the
1: one i was thinking of that i liked a lot but but
0: rogue rogue legacy does a really good job of iterative upgrades that you all every single run you feel like you may have accomplished something mm-hmm. uh the npcs are charming it's got like little bits of dialogue You're, there is actual story to it and like there's technically like there's rooms that spawn in in the maps that have lore and so each zone has like say 10 different lore items that you unlock every run if you experience that same room multiple times
1: oh interesting yeah i've i think the um the main thing that puts me off those kinds of games is that there isn't like story progression typically um but okay i'll keep an eye on on rogue legacy too if it kind of doesn't do that so
0: it's rarely the focus of roguelike games
1: you know? yeah um okay cool beans um so i have been um let's see uh i did play like an hour of of crosscode yesterday yes. after uh, kyle I'm, got to me i'm
2: super pumped about this it's,
1: yeah it's it's cool so far i like um I'm, I'm still getting used to the controls it's a little bit wacky
2: but yeah it's a little bit of a learning curve right at first yeah,
1: but it seems interesting enough so far. Um, I'm like out of the tutorial now and everything. So um, I might uh, dive into that a little more tonight. And then today I spent three hours in this thing called Parkasaurus. Um, I don't know if you were in our, our Discord earlier. I was searching f- uh, feverishly around for a dinosaur game um, and uh, ended up with this. And I like it a lot. It's just a, um, it's basically like d- Dinosaur Tycoon um but it's very cute and i'm playing it in creative mode so none of my dinosaurs can die yeah that looks very colorful it's very cute i like it a lot um i can already tell this is a game i can probably put like another like 50 60 hours into because like if i'm if i play if i find like a city builder or like management sim that i like like i'll get lost in
2: there like i can lose a whole day in there (laughs) um i just i love those building games yeah, it's one of those things where you start playing, and then the next thing you know, it's like eight hours later, and you're yeah. like, where was I?
1: Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, it's really good. I recommend. Um. I also was gonna, I was thinking about getting Jurassic World Evolution 2, but I found out that it is, first of all, like, it's it's on sale right now, so that's $30. But, like, they're adding all the dinosaurs from the new Jurassic World movie in an expansion pack, but that expansion pack costs $20 and gives you four dinosaurs. And then apparently there's like micro it's like riddled with microtransactions like you have to buy like every single individual dinosaur that you want and stuff. The wow. base game, I think, is still pretty decent. The base game is so, the base game has a lot of stuff in it. Um, But I think if you want, especially the stuff from like the movies, they basically lock off as like paid DLC is the thing. Oh, yeah. And it's like, oh, man, I, I ain't about it. Um, Yeah.
2: Anyway, I did see the I did see the movie. Do you want to see the movie? No, not yet. Eventually, yeah. I will. It's, it was I actually mean, not bad. If there's I, dinosaurs involved, I'll probably see it. But yeah, it uh, was it was way better than I thought. I'm it I'm still thinking be. about the last one, and it's uh. the last one is like
1: <laughs> like absolute dog shit, man. It was so boring. Um, this one at least has big dinosaurs fighting at the end, so no. Did worries. you see it
0: in IMAX or just? Right I did here? see
1: it in IMAX actually yeah. on Ooh, the Sturge. world's tallest IMAX screen. that's right yep it is brand new it opened about two weeks ago and it is here in savannah georgia wow the world's tall it says the world's tallest imax screen which is a weird thing to say it's not the biggest i guess
0: yeah i don't how does that work with (laughs) formatting
1: like i don't know i I don't know kind of like a standard
0: size (laughs) but i have no (laughs) idea Um, it's like
3: it's like watching something on your phone just really really tall it's basically like that um, you would think that tallest would go with. Big they have zero, like but
0: 80 knows? foot
1: black bars at the top and bottom. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it looked just like regular IMAX, I guess. So I don't really know what's what the deal is. Also, like is it it's just like, oh, my God, <laughs> the walls. Oh, my God. <laughs> the whole theater, the walls are like blown up pictures of like famous movie scenes, but they're all like 1080p pictures blown up to fit a <laughs> giant wall. It looks so so bad. bad. It's like, it's just like, you can, you can see like Dumbledore's face is like nine pixels and it's like, (laughs) oh my God. This is in the theater? This is in... Not in the theater. It's like in the hallways. Like, okay. around the theater. I was like, that's yeah. gonna like
0: just be
2: distracting. having a picture up there. Yeah. Jesus, I was, I was thinking like giant pictures on the side of your theater screen. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was. Wait, thinking. where is
1: where is the? Uh, give me, if you give me one second. I just need to. I need to give you an example because like we we took a picture of one of the more like egregious things. Uh,
2: <laughs> I'm sure that the the
1: podcast listeners will love. this. They'll love it. They'll love it. They like us when we laugh at, at images they can't see. Just here, check the check the Discord. But anyway, so we'll go ahead and uh, and start get, getting a move on. So, um, today we are going to be talking about, like I said, The Last of Us. Um, so we're gonna. I don't know if um I don't know if Kyle's been here for one of these since we started doing this. The pitch meetings. Have you been on one yet? Mm-mm. It's that's what I'm saying. It's been a while. It's been a while. That's so that's the thing. What we're doing now to kind of intro the game. So, um, everyone, come with me into the past. It's October 2009. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what that was, but, uh, was just put right. yourself in the mindset of it's 2009. Okay. Okay. Hang on. I'm in 11th grade. Okay. Okay. There. I am, uh, I am Mr. Sony. Okay. You guys are coming to me from Naughty Dog with your new game idea and you are going to pitch it to me in real time. Uh, I've never heard of what this thing is, so you're going to have to sell me on it and basically explain the concepts of the thing to me. Um, And I I like to do this just to get ourselves in the right mindset. I'm going to look up what movies came out in 2009, so you can kind of know where we are. Um, Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Classic. uh, Just rocked the theaters. Uh, Oh, Avatar. The Blue People Avatar. That was 2009? Uh, Wow. Yeah, man. The the Star Trek, the new Star Trek, uh, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Um, Dragon Ball Evolution just came out. <laughs> so Classic. You, get yep. yourself in that mindset. The Robert Downey Jr., Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> okay, I think I got this. Um, I I'm just trying to name the highlights. This was not a good year for movies overall.
0: <laughs> Moon.
1: Watchmen. Uh, was Watchmen that year? I don't see it on here. I mean, I'm just looking through Google anyway. So put yourselves in that mindset,
0: knowing with Nicholas Cage.
1: <laughs> oh, see you now that's the that's like that's the good shit. Yeah. All right. So you guys, are, you three guys, are uh, coming to me from Naughty Dog. Uh, all right, all right. Thank you guys. Uh, thank you for coming here. I, I hear you're very excited. We're really, really excited to see what you come up with after uh, Uncharted Two, was such a huge hit. Um, you know, uh, want to see what you're going in a little more serious direction here. So, uh, what do you got for us?
3: We have uh- come unprepared, apparently. Well, okay. Uh, speak for yourself. <laughs> um, Kyle opens Im- a PowerPoint. <laughs> imagine
2: Sherlock Holmes with Robert Downey Jr. Except, I just saw that movie. Yeah, yeah. Except they're zombies, right? And it's not goofy. It's really dark and gritty. And instead of Robert Downey Jr., it's a grizzled older man. Okay, so I should remove all of the
1: elements
0: yeah. of the Robert Downey Jr. So yeah, imagine-
2: movie. Robert Downey Jr.'s Sherlock Holmes, and then just forget all about it. But instead, it's Pedro Pascal. Think of that. Oh, yeah. Ooh,
3: (laughs) ooh. Way before his time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, (laughs) who's that? (laughs) You know, I think we missed we missed a movie uh, that came out in two thousand nine that I think kind of sets up what this story could be like. Oh, okay. And that is The Road with uh, Oh yeah, The Road with uh, What's Vigo. Right. Yep. Yeah. The yeah. That yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, I think, you know, if you've seen that movie, it's I, I mm-hmm. think there's a lot of parallels to this game. Yeah. You One know, of the a... more depressing movies I've seen in my life. <laughs> yeah, it is. For Did you sure. know, in that movie, when he stubbed his toe, he actually broke his toe for real. Yeah, that was the uh,
2: <laughs> when
0: he kicked that zombie. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that was in
3: the extended edition, the extended yeah. edition of the road, <laughs> the four hour edition of them. Yep. Okay, so in
1: this game, you're a grizzled man named, uh, what was his name? The Road. The man's name is The Road? His name <laughs> is The Road.
0: Dwayne The Road something. Jackson, I think. I'm not even Dwayne lying. The Road I think,
3: Jackson? I think his name, if I remember from the book, but I don't remember the movie as much, I think his name is literally The Man. And the boy is The Boy. And that's yeah. it.
1: Okay, great. Um, so the video game that you guys are making, what is it? <laughs> uh,
0: David, you're up. Well, actually, uh, I mean, if depending on what period this would be, I, I would say that if, as a regular movie watcher myself, this pitch man that I am, uh, I have just seen quite a lot of things that have inspired me, such as Zombieland, but mix that with something like District 9. And... There are this world where all hell has broken lo- loose and people are trying to live within it. And it's something, OK. It's a like it's a relatable because we have, you know, zombies are a thing that have been. People love zombies guide. right now. The Walking Dead has never been hotter. Everybody loves it. Zombieland was very funny, but this game will not be. Uh, <laughs> it will be a sad game, <laughs> but there will be hope. Oh, and this is a sad game. Uh, yeah, well, have, as has, the, the road was already brought up, and so have it, people made sad video cross, games before? Cross-inspired, I don't think so. Not like this. this yeah, will, <clears> this <throat> will be the next generation of sadness. <laughs> We're going to be able to render well, that sadness. we will literally have the saddest moment in video games within the first ten minutes of you playing.
3: That is a guarantee <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I think if anything, when it comes to like pitching this game, I, I think the 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 thing that we that we want to tackle that has never really been tackled even in the uncharted games would be a true narrative you know beginning to start that is rich is character driven um and okay. yeah and and importantly it's you know with with central themes that i think even in a world that is so violent the things that stick that we want players to stick with i think is um you know it's a story about redemption it is a story about about uh, you know love within that world and and about humanity. I think it's going to be a deep dive into what humans are capable of, both in uh, some of the most negative ways possible, but also in some of the more positive ways. So I think this is going to be a journey that uh, really takes our players uh, with honestly very little choice on how it starts and how it ends. Um, they're going to be along for the ride and. I think that's that's kind of what we want to achieve
1: experience the story so, only
3: the way we can tell it
1: can uh can we give the guy a gun or something oh for sure
0: oh it'll be a shooty shooty for sure oh,
2: okay there, <laughs> there are waist high walls trust us okay it's <laughs> getting Wait, scared i was like what can is this? i throw a, can i throw a brick at somebody's head
0: uh, you can plenty okay. bottles can. bricks
2: <laughs> Okay. That's all I was looking
0: for. Actually, Wait. funnily <laughs> enough, I, what just popped into my head back in 2009, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, this great movie that we should pretty much parallel with our narrative structure, where uh, an old man ha- goes through like some serious trauma and then deals with it by uh, living with a younger person that maybe helps him cope. Uh, mm-hmm. The Pixar is up. Maybe okay. it's a good inspiration point. It will have. Rather than balloons, we might have zombies,
1: but it is going to be very similar. Is there going to be a talking dog in this one, too?
0: Uh, mm-hmm. oh, I mean, it is
1: a video game.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'll it'll be all in his head, though. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> well, so only, only Joel can hear the dog talk. Yes. Oh, by the way, <laughs> his name's Joel. I've just <laughs> named him. You're correct. I do like it. Joel, Joel <laughs> the Road Jackson. Yes. Joel, Joel the Road Jackson. <laughs> okay. Well, I think this sounds good. Um, I think you got a few years to work on this, and uh, we really want this to be a robust sort of thing. If you could... I have an idea. What if we just uh, made this for the PlayStation 3 uh, like a year after the PlayStation 4 comes out, and then the next year we just re-release it for $60 again on the PlayStation 4? I
2: think,
0: think you might be that onto something. We have made PlayStation 3 games and we love it. So I mean, why would we not want to make <laughs> another one on the PlayStation? 3? And I know
1: all of our studios love working with the PlayStation 3 architecture. You're going to yeah. be really excited about that. Uh, okay, great. So yeah, so let's uh, let's get on it. And I'm sure this game, and like all other PS3 games, will be preserved for generations to come. All right, great. Thank you guys for uh, we've you've been greenlit. Congratulations. Uh, I'll let, let you see. guys
2: handle pitching games from now on instead. Of me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, just to sum up, uh, yeah, to quickly I've give an idea of, <laughs> if anyone hasn't um,
1: doesn't know much about this game, um, players will you know take control of this character Joel, who's a middle-aged man, and he's basically escorting this fourteen-year-old girl named Ellie across a post-apocalyptic world, um, trying to find the potential cure or create a potential cure rather for the, the zombie disease. This is a fungus-based zombie disease, which is uh, I really think is cool, and is is the thing that I think keeps it from getting like drowned out by the like tons of zombie crap that we have, um, and kind of like lets it stand on its own. Um, Ellie, uh, who's the you know sort of secondary character, um, the deuteragonist, I guess, is uh, immune. She's the only known like immune person to this zombie disease, as there always is in one of these, and. Um, basically it's a story of these two trying to get across the country to um somebody who can help essentially um yeah so it's it's like far after it's set like long after the outbreak 20 years later um so like the apocalypse has already happened it's almost it's almost like it's come and gone um in a way but like the the zombies are still very much there and yeah so uh just to uh, before we get going into the actual like development cycle, um, if everyone wants to kind of like say like when they played this game and like kind of what their like uh, initial like reaction was to it very briefly. So like Eric,
3: yeah. Um. So. I enjoyed, uh, I grew up playing Nintendo, and and when the Wii came out, I transitioned over to the PlayStation 3, and and the games that kind of sucked me in were like Dead Space and Assassin's Creed, and some of these kind of bigger, more narrative-driven type games, Bioshock being another one that I absolutely loved. Um, And then I played Uncharted 2 before playing Uncharted, and Uncharted 2 really... Like, I was so blown away by that game, especially with that that first sequence with him on the train and just, again, the, the quips from the character and, and, and playing a more narrative-driven type story was, was extremely exciting for me. So I kind of jumped on the Naughty Dog bandwagon at that point, went back to Uncharted, then Uncharted 3 came out, and then we started to hear about The Last of Us. And as excited as I was, I don't think anything would have prepared me for what i was going to experience and um and they do such a great job of setting up that game within the first 20 minutes of gameplay where after the events of, of kind of what takes place i remember the credits starting and me just looking at my screen with like just a dumb look on my face like i could not believe what had just happened and, you know, I, I grew up in in loving cinema. Um, you know, you look at my letterbox. I have probably like 4,000 films that I've watched over my lifetime. Mm. I, I studied film in university. So, like, that, those kind of things really speak to me. And, obviously, I, I love video games. You know, the last uh, – sorry, like the uh, Zelda, you know, being one, one of my mm. favorite franchises. So, getting to see my love for cinema and my love for video games kind of represented in this – and for me to feel such an emotional attachment to two characters, 20 minutes into a video game, I, I just, I couldn't believe it. And then it doesn't let up. It just continues and continues and continues all the way till the very last. Okay. And, and it's a game that, you know, I re- I revisit often. I played every couple of years and no matter how many times I played, it, it always feels fresh. I always discover new conversations, new things that happen and um, it's it's easily my favorite game of all time.
1: Wow! So the, you would say like the the first like the Last of Us game is your favorite game of all time?
3: Well, franchise, I guess the Last of Us Two, which I, I hope you'll have me back for for that conversation, mm-hmm. yeah. is 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 my favorite. And I think the Last of Us Two, um, I, I won't get it. I guess I won't get into it too much on, on on this podcast, but I, I it, it really takes everything from The Last of Us to the next level. But it's it's kind of sometimes it's hard to pick between the two just because of, of that initial impact that The Last of Us Part One has. But I think The Last of Us Part Two really kinda of takes that to the next level and there's obviously a a very significant shift that happens in that video game that I think is is one of the all time greatest things to ever happen. Um and I'm sure people are gonna oh. fight me on that. So um but um but yeah, no, but The Last of Us Part One, I guess I would consider my second favorite game of all time
2: nice okay wow um so Kyle, how about you all right well i'm about to come at this from a way more casual standpoint because i've only played this game one time <laughs> uh it was like shortly after it came out uh towards the end of uh 2013 i guess um and i mean i i agree like it, it was probably one of the first more like cinematic based video games that i've that I've played like it was mostly just sort of focused on these story elements. Um and I kind of I remember starting it on a weekend and I think I'd beaten it by like the next weekend because it was just one of those things that you just couldn't wow. put down. Yeah. And um, it's not like the longest
1: ever. I mean, it's yeah. it's like a good length game. It's like 15 hours, right? Maybe something like that.
2: Part 1, yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah, it's yeah about 15. How long to beat, yeah. Yeah. And uh yeah,
2: cool. I mean, I it feels like I like just played it and I looked up when it came out and I, that's almost 10 years ago. So. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> it feels wow. way more recent than
1: that. Yeah. Uh,
2: how about you David?
0: Yeah, so I came into it a little later. Uh, I was obviously aware when it came out because I've followed the gaming industry pretty closely through most of my life. It was just in 2013. I don't I don't really know exactly. I don't I don't remember what I was really into at the time, but um i knew it came out and i knew it it like won a bunch of awards but i just for some reason it, it i wasn't like in interested in it i didn't play it uncharted yet either uncharted 2 i came at that one a bit later as well um but it i know it got remastered in 2014 i think i finally played it in like 2016 uh after a friend finally played it and said like he just kept telling me to play it so I finally got into it and played it, and uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, it. It obviously was later, so I played the remastered version, and I, I think it's a very well told story. Uh, similarly, I, I follow movies pretty closely as well, so um, I think the the overall narrative structure had a, a filmic quality to it in a lot of places. Uh, it's one of the better like written set of characters in a lot of games that I've played. Um, yeah. I, I did really like it. I, I will get into it. I, I have some gripes with the gameplay at, at itself. Yeah, I absolutely yeah. do as well, which so, I, 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 I would do. understand. <laughs> I think um, playing the game and experiencing it at the time, even years later, like, so, like, obviously, 2016, there'd been some pretty great stuff that had come out in and, and the PS4 generation. So it's not like Last of Us was revolutionary within that time period but like walking, i i just actually today just replayed like the first hour and a half of the game just to get my bearings again and i was like man they the world building is very strong in this game like the some of the stuff they do just walking through the city uh is better than most other games yeah in, for sure. in terms of just like kind of getting put into a place and understanding exactly what is happening
1: and yeah. place. so i actually had like I I think I was aware of this game and like didn't really know much what it was until um, I started getting into games like when I was like, because I I mostly just grew up playing Nintendo stuff. And then like, um, I didn't have like a PS3 or anything. Um, I didn't get a PS4 until like 2016 or something like that. Maybe. Yeah, 2016. Um, And at that point was when I started looking at like PlayStation stuff and was like, oh, like, what's this? And then like, I, I actually ended up. Uh, I was aware of The Last of Us at that point and I didn't play it then um, but later in uh, in 2019 I think in like October it went on PS Plus because they were starting to advertise for The Last of Us 2 um, and so like it was free on PS Plus, I downloaded it and that's when I played it for the first time and uh, so yeah, I, I did not touch this game until 2019 um, but um, and that is also of course when I adopted Ellie um, right, right around that time, so I think from, for me, like coming at it from like a perspective of like what were, what were games like in 2019 and then coming back to that, like, yeah, I I have some gripes with the gameplay, um, especially some of the shooting stuff. Like, um, but I mean, outside of that, like it was an, it was an amazing game. Like I, I think I also went through it in like four or five days or something like that. Like most of it over one weekend. Um, and I, I was like really sucked into it. So, um, yeah let's uh let's let's get into the uh the development part of this so i found something interesting real quickly on the on the story though was that like in the original draft of this story ellie was actually supposed to be joel's daughter uh like his biological daughter and then like after they wrote out the story and were like this like makes this like is like preventing the character from developing they like kind of went backwards and were like what if his daughter actually died and like he he adopts this girl basically So it's, it's interesting to see like that, that relationship was like born of like an, like an actual like father and daughter being written together and then kind of backwards
2: changed um, out of that. But him uh, having a, him having a daughter that died previously to sort of add some nuance it. really adds a lot. Like Like, if anyone hasn't like,
1: if anyone hasn't played the game, like it's a very, there's a very brutal opening, which I mean, I would recommend that even if you're for whatever reason, just don't want to play this, like you, you should go watch that opening on YouTube. It's, Like, I don't know. It it really, it really hits you.
3: Um, Yeah. And I think that makes, and I also think, sorry, I think that makes, that makes a lot of sense, you know, to go back. Cause when they say like character progression, especially where we see Joel and kind of Ellie go, you know, Joel obviously with, you know, as we've already kind of talked about, you know, gets killed, but not just killed by zombies, gets killed by humans, gets killed by military. Mm. We're told to, to, to shoot them there on site. And um, that creates a lot of, Tr- like trust issues, obviously with, with the human race that kind of kills Joel, not just, you know, the, his daughter dying, but he, he becomes pretty much, you know, a shell of himself and, mm-hmm. and gaining his trust. He, he's obviously a very fiercely loyal person, but the people within his circle have to earn that. And it takes a lot of work to kind of get within that. And I think that character progression that, re- you know, whether you want to call it a redemption arc or kind of getting re in touch with himself or his human side, that, that Ellie Kind of is the catalyst that brings out in him. You would, you would essentially lose that whole side of the story, um, and I think it was a good choice that they made because you you would essentially miss out. I think on one of the 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 best elements of what what makes the video game shine. Yeah. Um, so they began development, like
1: we said, in two thousand nine. Uh, it was codenamed Project Thing. I don't know why. I guess that's fun. Um, the thing. But they they began immediately after releasing Uncharted two. Um, and so this was the first time in Naughty Dog history that they actually split the team to do uh, two different projects at once and hired in a bunch of people of working on Uncharted 3 and The Last of Us at the same time. Um, so in order to run these teams smoothly, you know, they, they basically like um, assigned new directors besides the heads of studio. And this is when, of course, creative director Neil Druckmann uh, stepped into management um, to direct this game. Um, So he was the creative director while Bruce uh, Straley was the uh, game director, which were like two different positions at that time. Um, So Straley had previously worked on all the Gex games, which is incredible. (laughs) Um, uh, Crash Team Racing, uh, several Jack and Daxter games and Uncharted 1 and 2. Uh, Druckmann had been working on all the previous Uncharted games as well as Jack and Daxter uh, as a writer. So he'd been working in the story and writing department basically up until now. And he was kind of stepping in to take a, a management role. Um, so this is an interesting idea because the, um, the story for The Last of Us actually begins like, or, the, or rather, the birth of the story uh, that became The Last of Us began in, in 2004 uh, when Neil Druckmann was in college. He was a, a student and uh, there was a project where basically they were allowed to present a video game idea to director George Romero, who was, you know, the Night of the Living Dead director. Um, and so Druckmann's idea was his main inspiration was Ico, which, you know, is like sort of a, um, uh, when, when did Ico come out? It was like a while ago, um, 2002 or something, maybe earlier. Um, it's like the, it's from, uh, it's like the precursor to shadow of the Colossus, basically. 2001. 2001. Yeah. Two. Um, and actually, you know what, when I asked if there had been a sad game before, I think, I think that's what it is. Shadow of the Colossus (laughs) is the other one. Yeah. (laughs) Shadow's um so yeah they he also developed the character joel based on the lead character from night of the living dead um he had this idea in his head of who this character was going to be uh he was a police officer who was tasked with protecting a young girl for the duration of the story um but um yeah due to the lead character's heart condition players would assume control of the young girl and reverse the roles uh that idea kind of ended up getting scrapped a little bit but um, eventually, uh, a few years later, that would turn into the idea for The Last of Us. So, um, I'm sure people have heard this because people talk about this a lot. The initial idea when Druckman drafted the story was that the infection could only spread to women.
0: Um, right.
1: This was like shot down by pretty had, much everybody at the studio. As he had just watched
0: Children of Men,
1: and he's like, "Yeah, got i got an idea." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, probably probably good. They shot that down. Um, <laughs> But, probably, uh, yeah, probably.
3: <laughs> um, and it, 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 if I remember correctly, I think he had mentioned at one point that uh, they were actually interested in doing a new Jack and Daxter game, which I'm sure the fans will be mm-hmm. pretty upset about. Uh, but they couldn't really justify splitting up the studio into two teams oh, okay. with a Jack and Daxter game, so they they wanted to do something bigger, a new IP, and that's that's where they got, um, I guess the. The permission to split things out to work on uncharted and i think at that point it would have been uncharted 3 and the yeah, last uncharted three
1: okay wow. wow that's that's cool to know
0: um so interesting. it's uh, there's yeah. just a side note you mentioned yeah, yeah. um the original code name project thing and they went to um a romero you was there like the thing similar ideas that they were going
1: for oh yeah or, interesting i don't know or, or just not i don't think all? i think it might have just been a fun name I don't know. I don't think this, ha- the story doesn't feel like it has a lot to do with the thing, but maybe.
0: I, I guess with those, I mean, I know it's, it's John Carpenter, but I, I, I kind of relate them a lot with the zombie stuff um, and, and similar mindsets. You, you could see like there's calling it project thing. It may be trying to tap into humanity and just yeah. like that, just exploring people and how they interact with
1: each other and given like when they come to a head and that kind of stuff. Yeah um yeah so like as as i said like neil Druckmann basically had this idea in his head very vaguely of this from this pitch that he had for for george romero back in college in 2006 he watched a documentary uh planet earth which featured a segment on the cordyceps fungi and he said basically like when he saw that that segment the whole the whole thing clicked into place like he had the story click Oh, clicked, and, uh, clicked. Uh. I can't. I don't know how to do the thing. Whatever. I don't know if
2: anyone can do it besides a Uh, clicker. I I guess. We'll have to get a real one on here.
1: Um, So The Cordyceps fungi is a real fungus that does basically what the virus does in The Last of Us. Um, However, in real life, it really can only take over insects. Um, It doesn't usually have the ability to take over more complicated neurological systems than an insect. But uh, yeah it does exactly what it does it, it takes over the brain it rots the the creature out like from the inside out growing like basically like fungal blooms out of its body and turns it into a uh a, like carnivorous drone basically um it is a pretty crazy thing you can definitely look up but uh yeah it, it is not something that can infect humans or even mammals like of any kind yeah yet, um, yet. <laughs> we're working on it I'm sure yeah um but yeah druckman basically had the idea like what if it could? What if it could infect humans? And that's basically where the entire thing came from. Yeah. I love the enemy design in this
0: game. It's very interesting. Yeah,
1: it is really like it's very memorable. Like I I mean like I I will I'm not going to ever forget I think what the clickers look like.
3: No, and I appreciate it because um you know in the game they don't really go into a lot of depth as where it comes from or how. I mean during the initial parts, you know you you get some newspaper clippings. They talk a little bit about how how Mm -hmm. some uh, contaminated uh, like produce from South America um, has made its way to North America. And they assume that's why people are getting infected um, by all of this, but they don't really talk about it too much, but it is one of those things that separates it from the zombie. I think genre in general is that, that clicking sound like whenever you walk into a room and you start hearing that clicking yeah you feel freaks you yeah Yeah. it freaks you out every time
1: you're just like groaning like (laughs) um yeah so yeah the um but the idea again like you said like you said eric like they don't tell you exactly how the virus was created in this game world and like they do that very intentionally and i think it's i think it's for the better like it's it's in a weird way it's like it doesn't matter right you know what i mean it's like, that's yeah. not what the thing is. That's not what it's about. It's definitely not
2: the focus of the story or anything. Yeah. It's just a, a matter of figuring the, out... The uh, backdrop of the way the world is.
1: Yeah.
0: hmm And uh, just to... Uh, uh, Quibble, uh, are these actually zombies, or were you just saying that colloquially? I I figured I always just call them the infected, but I mean, yeah. are they? Uh,
1: yeah, the I think that in you find a lot more of them in the second game. I think, but there are the the ones who are infected. They're not called zombies in the game. They're called infected. Okay, okay. I mean, but they are zombies. There, I mean, you know what a zombie people know what a zombie. I mean,
2: it's like it's like The Walking Dead, where they're like, oh no, they're walkers, not zombies. We we call them we call them can't uh, use that we call them clickheads here. (laughs) Yeah,
3: and I mean, true to the credit cordyceps, you know, different types of stages. They do have uh, at least four confirmed stages um, within The Last of Us Part One. The first stage takes place within the first two days of infection, and that is where it's um, pretty much. Travels to your brainstem, your brain system, Mm -hmm. and it takes over the part that um, uh, controls aggression, and it pretty much takes away their humanity. That's why you'll find the first ones, and all they're doing is attacking things very aggressively. Two weeks after that, um, that's when they'll start getting some of the blooms out of their head. Um, A year after that are the clickers as we know them where they're completely blind and completely bloomed. Mm-hmm. and then they're they're the uh, bloaters which uh apparently i found this out today because i didn't know this takes a decade so 10 Sounds years nice. and at that point the infection is so bad that it creates like the armor plates and the spores around them and everything so that's why in, even in the game they mentioned like wow like a bloater like i haven't seen because they're rare because yeah. it would take 10 years for that to t- kind of take yeah. place kind of least... hard
2: for an infected to just sort of be off on their own for 10 years yeah that
3: build up. Effect, of, that's if, typical.
0: sorry just once you're dead you're done though like like if you're a human and you die you can't be resurrected or reanimated through this
3: correct yeah it's yeah. a it's a parasite it's what yeah. it is so it's a yeah. it, it takes over living hosts
1: okay. and you're not technically uh it's it's weird because you're you're not technically dead when you become one of these things it's like um i mean it's it's the same way if you're like in a permanent like vegetative state like you might as well be dead you're like you the person are gone but like your body is still running like the neurological and motor functions are still going you know so it's not it's not like a zombie where you're like literally being resurrected it is a virus um and um yeah so but uh yeah i liked um i like that druckman cited here that he tried to take inspiration from the 1918 spanish flu uh pandemic uh which was certainly the last pandemic that's ever happened
0: yeah <laughs> it's a good
1: thing that we've wiped out pandemics since yeah. then. weird i love he's like i gotta go really far back to to look for something like this <laughs> nothing like this could ever happen again and um yeah so <laughs> anyway but yeah he did want to he studied kind of the social reactions to the the last pandemic we had in 1918 uh, as far as like Uh, social structure collapsing uh paranoia threat of extinction etc etc what could that be like we'll never know when um so when writing the script uh druckman had uh, tried to exclude fancy dialogue and tried to keep everything very conversational um i will say one thing and like i've i've screamed a lot about the especially the story of the last of Us two which i do not like very much i think it's extremely well written like i think the dialogue is like some of the best like in like game dialogue and most natural flowing dialogue I've ever heard. Um, so I, I think they completely hit the nail on the head doing that. It doesn't feel like a movie uh, even it, it feels it feels more natural than a movie because, you know, people don't talk in movies like they talk in real life. Um, but I think they did a good job on that.
0: It um, feels human. You know, yeah, a lot of games yeah.
1: try to do that thing
0: where characters talk to themselves, like where they're saying their thoughts out loud over like, like,
1: microphone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're like, oh hey, this is a thing I'm looking at, and this is what I think about it. And you know, obviously, with this year horizon, kind of comes into mind where people get kind of annoyed with Aloy talking, oh my expressing herself out loud a lot. <laughs> Don't even and get
3: me started, please.
0: You can definitely go <laughs> overboard, and I think with games like that, where you're one character uh it it can be a lot especially when you're commenting on like things you're picking up all the time but last of us it feels very natural when characters say stuff to themselves so that they can voice their thoughts so that in, in a way that the player can hear them it doesn't feel weird most of the time
1: yeah and i don't know like there's different ways to approach that like in this game joel and ellie speak to each other and of course that's why it's so natural the whole time um and you're able to get so much exposition about everything you see so naturally that way, which I'm a big fan of companions in video games. Um, (laughs) It makes things a lot easier for exposition. Um, But yeah, and I don't know, like I I just think that they did a good job on the writing. Um, I will say that he uh, Druckmann said he took inspiration from the road. Of course, Um, city of thieves and the film, no country for old men as his major writing inspirations. So checks
3: out. Yeah, and I think I think that's something that plays so well and they, they did it so smartly. I mean, ninety percent of the game, there's a companion. There's there's a few sections, obviously Ellie during winter and, right. and Joel when he's looking for her. But like those moments when they're not together, you actually feel that silence more. Mm-hmm. And especially after that traumatic experience of her having to fight David, right? And going into fall, um, Joel's talking to himself a lot more and Ellie's much more quiet and, and not responding to a lot of things and and that that type of character development you you just kind of it feels so much more um how how can i put it like you can kind of feel that pain through the characters and and i think they do a good job with those moments and you know there's a lot of games where they they spend all like every kind of second talking saying something and in the last of us there's a lot of moments of silence yeah they're not and i think they do a good job of of making whatever they are talking about meaningful and um and it's always kind of getting more and more of that kind of character development something that i appreciate
1: yeah the um i think they do a really good job with the um like making the silence uh i, I think the st- the silence is like strategic basically like when things are quiet like they're quiet for a reason um and it's it's good sound design you know
3: yeah, and it's also kind of like, you know, different character. You have, um, uh, his name ex- escapes me right now, of course, it would Bill, right? Mm-hmm. Bill won't shut up. The whole time you're with him, he's always complaining, talking, he hits himself, he does this, he's talking to you, whether you're listening to him or not. And mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of part of that character development, not character development, but like part of those characters as well. And and I think that's cool.
1: Right. Quirks, so, yeah. And So, yeah, the major theme, of course, pushed through this game is that like, life goes on, right? I mean, and that that's like, Captured so brilliantly in the last scene, which I think is one of one of my favorite video game scenes ever. Honestly, the end of this game, like, and it's it's such a small, simple thing. It's not even that complicated, but like, I don't know, it's just so well done. Um, when they see the giraffes at the end, like, yeah, it's a great moment. It yeah. is really nice because it's like, um, I also saw that they initially tried to use uh, zebras, and they said it wasn't really working. <laughs> small. <laughs>
3: I'm just imagining zebras.
2: them staring at zebras like from that same van. Like, yeah. Like, yeah like, zebras. Down is that there. a horse? Are these <laughs> horses? Binoculars. I
3: wonder if at all like, um, you know, especially with Jurassic Park kind of back out. But obviously in the first Jurassic Park, you have that scene where being attacked by the T-Rex and then they're up in the tree and they get like the big brachiosauruses that kind of come over to them. And you have like that very kind of soft moment in there to break the tension. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they, they, they were inspired by that at all to use giraffes. Or I don't know if I'm reaching.
1: Yeah, they they uh, what I have here is they said they were replaced because uh by giraffes due to the gentleness and elegance of giraffes, which whatever. The giraffes
0: look a lot like those what brontos. They do look a lot like are? the di-
1: yeah the dinosaurs. of brontos. I mean, we all know
2: that giraffes aren't That's actually
3: awesome. real, so that adds like <laughs> to, the the add to the mystique. It does add to the mystique. And it lo- and they do revisit the zebra idea though, not in this game though.
1: Uh. I'm trying to remember in the second game. Is there a spoiler-free way you can remind me where the zebras were?
3: Uh, not spoiler-free.
1: Okay, I don't remember there being zebras in the second game. Damn. It's Spoiler a big... alert: there may it's... or may not be zebras.
3: Okay. There's a yeah. There's a pivotal moment in the second game right at the middle.
1: Okay, I will. I will. I will Google it in a, in a little bit. Um, man. Okay. So anyway um Druckmann has also talked about that he was inspired by the wars that were taking place in Syria and Afghanistan um and kind of was thinking about the children of these countries as kind of a template for Ellie like somebody who grew up in a war zone and has never known any other kind of life um and so yeah I mean I I think that's something you see in this character who is obviously like mature beyond her age um has seen way too many things has done way too many things um yeah i don't know how do, so how do you guys feel about like this is something i will also say i think the last of us broke some sort of a barrier that there was because i think like writing especially like children characters in video games up until this point had been like very not great <laughs> um i think i think ellie is a great example of like a well-written like and i mean she's 14 she's a teenager but like still the like I don't know, like a believable human person of that age. You know yeah, what I mean? Like,
2: and sort of like the mannerisms of someone that might have like had this be their entire life. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah I, th- think it, I think it was really well done.
3: Yeah, I think Ashley Johnson obviously brings a lot of that. You yeah, know, In her well, interpretation yeah, to the character. Yeah, yeah.
1: We'll actually get to that in a second because she, she contributed a lot to the character herself. Um, yeah.
0: When was The Walking Dead season one?
1: 2006?
3: Oh, with Clementine?
1: Wait no 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 oh the game sorry, the game was twenty twelve. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, the game definitely came. Um, right around I guess. Let me see. Yeah, before this game because this was twenty thirteen, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I don't. I don't think. I don't say that. Less, I guess that's uh, fair. copied anything off of them. But you can. Oh, they definitely. A lot yeah, of, a they lot definitely lot of didn't. Of considering common. this
1: was in development for years before that. <laughs> but yeah, there's definitely parallels. there yeah, the games definitely have a lot of parallels between them, which is, um, but anyway, so um, I will say uh, this is interesting. Straley and Druckmann said that they got um, a lot of the negative response that the the, there wasn't like a ton of negative response, but almost all of the negative response from fans when this game came out was that people were frustrated about not being able to choose the ending. They wanted to see like what would happen if they did let Ellie, um, you know, get, Eaten by the medicine people. <laughs> what <laughs> it? Turned, turned into a good me- and turned into medicine? After um, all of that,
0: they're like, "Oh, we want to be able." to... Yeah, see so
1: that. Well, that's the thing, and like, um, I don't know. They said like, "Well, this isn't meant to like be a, a role playing experience. Like, you were wa- you're like a movie. You're watching what happens to two characters and interacting with it as it happens." Basically,
2: I mean, I kind of feel like this is kind of in the middle of a time where there was a whole bunch of games that were. Uh, the ending kind of depends on your choices throughout the game. Yeah, so it was it's, kind of expecting that same exact kind of experience. And this obviously wasn't supposed yeah, to. Yeah, because
1: it's one of those things where you might get that and be like, did I get like the good ending or the bad ending? Is, yeah. there, like, a, is there like a true ending somewhere? Um, like, no, that's just the ending. It is. Um, so did
3: anybody with this game, when you when you got into that last moment, did you immediately shoot the doctor or did you wait there for a couple of minutes and see if you if you could get by somehow?
2: No, I shot him. Immediately. Yeah, I shot him too. <laughs>
3: Well, I I didn't figure there was another way out of it. Like it was just like, okay, this is <laughs> yeah. what the game is. But um, I think that that kind of goes to tell just like mm-hmm. how how well written that is. I mean, you know, kind of going back to earlier with with Ellie, um, you know, we talked about her kind of growing up in this world, but we also have to keep in mind that she grew up in in boarding schools, right? Mm-hmm. So even though she she kind of has a feel for for how violent the world is, there's still a lot of innocence that she has because she's never been out as you would say, like out in the shit, right? She's never yeah. really had to kind of survive the way Joel has had to survive, for example, yeah. right? Yeah. And you can and you can kind of see that with her character. But the, obviously, there's a lot of there's a lot of trauma that she's had. There's right. a lot of um, uh, like um, what would you call it? The um, you know that that she lived in, and so many other people oh, survivors guilt. survivors yeah. guilt, right? That kind of goes along with that. And you you know. Or at least I remember feeling this way, going through and, and finding finding Ellie is that you know a hundred percent that she would want to be on that table if she could be the cure for for humanity, mm-hmm. right? That if if her life she already kind of sees herself as you know I should have done a long time ago if 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 this is what it takes you know that's what she would want, um and obviously it's a very kind of selfish in character move for Joel to kind of do what he did, right. but um. But yeah, I, I, you know, I think mm-hmm. um, that's very in line with with Ellie's character.
1: Yeah, there's something interesting, though, with like how beloved the ending of this this game is, like during focus testing, this ending was pretty universally hated by everyone who played it. Um, and, you know, it's it's one of those things where like Druckmann basically was like, no, this is this is the ending. Like, this is how it ends. And he had to really fight for
2: them to keep that story. Um
1: People, yeah, you don't. Yeah. You don't
2: always need to have multiple endings to a game. Right. Yeah. I, no. You don't. I'm like, just... especially if it's like really well done. I feel like making multiple endings. If if the one ending is like really well done, mm-hmm. that there's more of a chance of like multiple endings being a little cheap compared to that one like perfect right. ending to the game. This thing.
0: This it's selling that most games that have multiple endings, we often call like one of them the good
1: ending. Maybe yeah. not always meaning yeah.
0: Like the, like the good morale but it's just the one that we consider to be the best one
1: (laughs) yeah it's it's a hard it's a hard thing to figure out with multiple endings like that um and let me say quickly about this game like i love the ending of this game because i still to this day like don't know if i would have done the same thing as joel i definitely can't convince myself that i would or would have not done the same exact thing like if i was in his position and i think that's like why it really sticks with me
3: yeah so one of the things that i can say just real quick is I played this game in 2013 for the first time. And um, when I played the remaster uh, a couple years later, um, I had my first son at that point and he was two years old. And playing through that game again as a father hit so different. And um, by by the end, you know, you can ask that question like, would you or, or wouldn't you? Like mm-hmm. I 100% know that I would. Right. Like without a doubt, if I, if I was convinced before now, even more so that's exactly what I would do. Right. And that doesn't make me a good person obviously. Right. But, Mm -hmm. but within that, um, you know, it just hits at another kind of like a a different emotional level.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that, yeah, that's probably one of those things that you can't really know until you're in, in in the the situation and then you're like, Oh yeah. Okay. Obviously I would have done it that way. Right. Um, it's an interesting
0: ethical issue. You know, obviously, this is in the first place that it's been tackled, but I think having it in the medium of a video game is helps a lot because while the move, the game is very filmic, it, you still often personalize yourself with the characters more because you've been playing as them. Yeah, you do. You yeah. for sure, feel like and, you're in and, their shoes, and so it does make that final experience even stronger a lot of times than a, a two-hour movie that's telling a similar story. Yeah.
3: And there's um, a there's an interesting little tidbit that I think a lot of players miss because you actually have to listen to the audio recordings that you pick up throughout the game. Um, because a lot of people will say, uh, you know, that he lies to Ellie in the car by saying, you know, um, yeah, they've tried this on a, on a bunch of different people before and it hasn't worked. And there's an audio clip that you can pick up from a recording where if you listen very closely and obviously you got to kind of pick, up, uh, pick around the words, um, they do say that it, specifically... As we've seen in past cases, and he kind of goes on and talks about like how certain things haven't worked or how certain things kind of go on, but it kind of eludes you to think she's not the first one that they've come across that's immune or has something, you know, where they've tried to harness some type of cure from her. Um, and at the end, they even mention that, all, um, you know, hopefully with Ellie, they'll be able to, because at least all those sacrifices will not have been in vain, right? Um, so Joel telling her at the end that like, you know, it, it, it didn't work or they've tried it before and they haven't been able to make it work. Um, is more of a half truth than maybe a, a complete lie.
2: Yeah. But okay. it kind also of like,
3: kind of like a lie by, by omission. Yeah. Yeah. But it also kind of informs you maybe a little bit more on his, this, like, obviously he was going to do it regardless, but he's already yeah. kind of feeling like, you know, if if they've done this before and it hasn't worked, I'm I'm not going to mm-hmm. sacrifice her for this. Yeah, yeah, who's going to guarantee that it would have worked
2: this time? Right.
0: Yeah. To your uh, question earlier, I, I personally, like when I was playing through the end, I still had a hard time with like killing everyone along the way to rescue yeah. her because, like, you know, I, I understood the plight of the character, and so like getting in the mindset of Joel, I could say like, yes, he would potentially do this, but like me personally, I would feel really bad like going through and especially like, killing the doctors in the room because they were just like they were trying to save humanity like that was literally all they were doing like they were they obviously they would kill her but you know they were doing it with the mindset that this sacrifice will help everyone and so like going in and shooting them
1: it was hard for me to do yeah it's no it was hard for me i like reacted badly to it i I remember my face just being like locked up and just like stoic for like the entire time i just like it was like i i like and I, I agree. Like, I I mean, like it's, I feel like if I was in that exact situation, I feel like I probably would do the same thing, but I also a hundred percent agree. It was the wrong thing to do. And it's just like, it is what it yeah, is. I, I, I mean, such that's a, such a good thing to, yeah, it's, it's, a, that's
2: like the moral quandary part of the, yeah. of the ending is that like, yeah, this wasn't the right thing to do, but still he
3: wasn't going to let that happen. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. And I, And I almost hate to bring this up, but like real world, real world examples now, like 10 years later, tells us that even if they harnessed the vaccine from her, how many people would have taken the vaccine? Right. You know, and it's just kind of like, I mean, that kind of has to weigh on you also. Like, yeah, we can sacrifice ourselves for this, but, you know, there's people in control, there's faction, there's remnants of like government and those type of things like how are you going to unite humanity to to kind of take care of this who's gonna want control over this are the fireflies going to use it for political gain also like there's just so much that you got to think about that is you know was my relationship with ellie worth what could inevitably be something that you know actually make things worse
1: right so uh we got to keep moving because we're running up on an hour already um so uh yeah uh, of course, Joel and Ellie are played by um, famous veteran voice actors, uh, Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson, um, who also did motion capture for this uh, full facial motion capture and, and body motion capture. Um, so one thing before we get into their uh, contributions is the whole thing with um, the uh, face stealing incident. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. So Elliot Page, back then, uh, Ellen Page, uh, accused Naughty Dog of ripping off their face for the character of Ellie, because in the original trailers, um, you can go back and look at these
3: pictures and stuff. Looks um similar. Ellie... Sorry? I said it looks similar, for sure. It wasn't yeah. similar. When we saw those first pictures, everyone said, oh shit, Ellie Page is in this. Yeah. I mean, I... I
1: it's not just similar, admit, it's identical. Yeah,
3: it's, I'll admit,
2: yeah. whenever I was first playing this game, I was like, oh yeah, this is obviously... Yeah. Uh... Ellen Page, now Elliot yes. Page, uh, and I, w- I will say that the similarities are definitely there. It's oh, something, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um,
1: after this happened, Naughty Dog did revise the character's face to make it somewhat of an, a, a more look like Ashley Johnson, who was the actor playing her. And if you look at those two images, they look like different people. And like the the one that's in the remastered version does not look. I mean, it looks kind of like you know Elliot Page, but not really. It's like, this is a different person, at least.
3: Yeah, and they uh, evolved it for the second game. And now that they're going back to uh, to Last of Us Part 1, you can even see they tweaked it even further. Yeah,
1: right, right. Um, so uh, Naughty Dog claims that this was a complete coincidence, um, although I do not think anyone actually believes that. Um, not at all. There were accusations that Naughty Dog had actually stolen the model that Paige had been using for another 2013 Sony game, which is Beyond Two Souls, right. where... They did actually do motion, uh, body, and face capture for, and had a model in there. Um, Page went on to Reddit uh, like a boss and posted about this, and said, "I guess I should be flattered they ripped off my likeness, but I'm actually acting in a real vid- another video game called Beyond Two Souls, so it's not appreciated." Um, a representative from Quantic Dream, who is the creators of that game, said. They probably inadvertently were inspired by Ellen Page, but indeed they had to slightly change the model so that it would look like Ellen Page because indeed we have Ellen Page. <laughs> um, Page has uh, professed continued displeasure with Naughty Dog for this incident, and, but never took any sort of legal action about it. So, um, but in- interesting, interesting sort of thing. But and again, the character's name is Ellie. I mean, come on, guys. Like, yeah, try, yeah. try <laughs> a I mean, little harder this time. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Even, even now, I think I call I called... Um, I said Ellie Page instead of Ellen Page. Yeah, I think Page. you did. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's so similar. Um, like in high like, school, where like you the like... the similarities...
0: Homework and you just like change your name, but instead you just change one
2: letter of your name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the similarities are already there, and then it's like, also, her name's Ellie. It's like, <sighs> wait, what? <laughs> so, um, as far
1: as Baker and Johnson went, they contributed greatly to their characters. This was not a simple... Um, acting characters that were created by somebody else. Um, they were really instrumental in rewriting uh, dialogue, improvising dialogue, um, changing and creating characters, behavioral habits, their speech patterns, all of that kind of stuff. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the ambient dialogue between the two is improvised um, when you're, you know, like, as we said, you're walking and they're just talking to each other about whatever they're looking at. That's you. That usually is just uh, Baker and Johnson just talking to each other in a booth. Um, so um, it feels very natural and conversational because it is. It's just people talking to each other, and they're not reading a written script. Um, so uh, Druckman also said that they wrote they wrote and recorded way more dialogue than would be needed for the ambient sections, and then just like kind of cut out the parts, the ones they didn't like. So they have a lot of they they have a lot of extra stuff on the cutting room floor for that. Um, that makes sense. That's probably like something
0: that helped a lot with the natural feel to it. Is you just like, yeah. overshoot and then use what. But yeah,
2: Um,
1: so uh, Baker. So so Joel was actually written as like a much more like stoic, unfeeling kind of character at the beginning. And then after Troy Baker kind of got into the role and started feeling out the character um, and he started bringing a much more emotional performance to his to him, like uh, Druckmann was like, we got to like redo this character. Like this is a man who's not he's not dead inside. He's 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 cold on the outside because he's tortured inside. And it's like that that's there's a difference. Like when you look at Joel, it's like the the emptiness in in him is, you know, because he is in pain. It's not because he's given up. Um, and it, it's something that like Baker very much brought to the character. And they, they rewrote a lot of uh, a lot of that in that way. And in the same vein, um, Ashley Johnson contributed a lot to the character for for Ellie, um, especially pointing out areas where she felt that. Um, because there were basically, it it seems like it was just a bunch of guys writing this script. And, um, she pointed out areas that she felt were not natural or didn't make sense or could be better, uh, written for a teenage girl from her own experience being a teenage girl. (laughs) And luckily they listened to her about that. Um, I guess my other point is like, it's great. They listened to her, but just put some women in your writing room. (laughs)
2: Um, yeah. Kind of, kind of hard to, uh, to write a female character if you have no woman there to assist with that kind
1: of thing. (laughs) So, uh, main inspirations for the gameplay were from Ico, like we said before, the original sad game, and Resident Evil 4 was their other main one. Um, That makes sense. Very different relationship there, but. (laughs) They were like, what if Resident Evil 4 was sad instead of wacky? Um. So uh, programmer Max Dekoff said that when they were working on the AI for Ellie, he was trying to imagine her experience uh, her experiencing the game events and then reacting to them rather than reacting to what the character did, uh, to what the player did rather. So they want Ellie to feel like she's naturally part of this world and reacting to what's happening around you rather than just existing to help you. Um, Which I think they pulled off great. I mean this was a I think this was the same year. Twenty thirteen was the same year Bioshock Infinite came out. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Were you thinking? Yeah, I was also thinking. Like, I still to this day, I, I don't know if I'm sure there's better examples in, in newer games, but like, whenever I think about like good like AI companions in games, like I immediately go to Bioshock Infinite. Like, just the the working with Elizabeth during like the combat sequences like is so fluid, and it's like she actually contributes like a lot to the game.
3: Um, but anyway, yeah, I think more recently like God of I- War. god of war
1: is a good example yeah yeah. a half-life episode where alex is following you it's good yeah um so yeah they they purposely did not include boss fights in this game and they wanted to also tone down joel's athleticism the original draft of this uh story had him basically being nathan drake uh climbing you know a hundred foot tall statues (laughs) with one arm (laughs) um but uh they kind of like dialed it back from a more fantasy uh thing to uh a real guy just like what What would like an actual 45 year old man be able to just do <laughs> yeah that would have um, been, that would have not worked it
0: would not yeah, have worked. I, agree. I
2: agree i mean it, uh, that would just be them making it too much like uncharted like a game that they've already known yeah worked. um so
1: the uh um <sighs> sorry so when they were creating the look for the infected um the art team actually ran through several exam several things the first one actually had them looking kind of like green aliens <laughs> Um, and then they went for traditional zombies and then finally ended up on the, uh, on the thing with the, uh, the, the, fungal blooms, uh, at the end of the day, which is good. <laughs> um, yeah. Probably not, would not have worked as well with aliens. I like to imagine what
2: <laughs> the game would have been with them, like traditional aliens though.
1: Yes. I think that would be
2: funny.
0: I think. I, I was just gonna say, I, I love behind the scenes and art design where like in, in some of the, like the, the things that you would think of in your mind of like the greatest things of all time and, and, and then you look at like the history of how they were created and you would be like oh their original ideas were pretty bad and then they ended up making something that was awesome and so like yeah. how did they how did they get there was it like lucky you know, i mean i'm a little bit <laughs> and, and, but it was just like also just like smart and they stumbled on something that was perfect you know yeah
1: i i learned this in our, our splatoon episode this is something i i always love to remember is that the original like version of Splatoon when they were just doing, when they just did a tech demo, everybody was playing as blocks of tofu with faces. And because they thought of the idea for Splatoon with like the squid thing came like so late in the game, they made most of the game without any squid stuff in it. Um, But like they, the the second draft of that game basically had uh the characters being Mario characters. And um that was supposed to be a Mario game for some time while it was in development. And then, Shigeru Miyamoto, as he does, walked into the studio and was like, "No, throw it away, throw it in the garbage. Try <laughs> hey. again."
2: Just walking in, watching them make like a Mario game, and then being like, "How about a Squid Game?" <laughs> <laughs> this was the original Squid Game.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, it, it's funny because you think like, "Wow, Splatoon! If, if Splatoon had just been like Mario characters with like I don't know, like jetpacks shooting
2: <laughs> paint out instead." Um, I mean, kind of, kind of similar to, uh, kind of, sort of building off of. Uh, yeah, Mario sunshine. sunshine. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, but then, like, they they kind of were like trying out different characters, and they they said they even tried out springy armed characters for a little while, mm-hmm. which obviously eventually made its way into arms. Um, but yeah, I think it's fascinating looking at that behind the scenes stuff, like all the things they go through before they hit the thing, and it's like the the inklings are like the last piece of the puzzle that went into making Splatoon. It's like, well, that's like the whole thing. <laughs> yeah uh, anyway so back onto this so let's uh t- talk quickly about the music so gustavo uh santa Luaya, i don't know if i said that right santa yoya santa anyone... olaya santa olaya okay uh was brought on to do the music as an argentinian uh composer who had previously done *Brokeback mountain and into the wild and a few other things he actually won an oscar for his *Brokeback mountain score um so big deal um but uh he had been wanting to work on a video game for a while and had been asking game studios to come to him with pitches and he had, had he had heard a few and not liked any of them and finally like when he heard this pitch he was like all in he was like this is this is something like it feels like it's a movie and he's like that's i feel like i can do this um druckman's druckman was extremely extremely hands off with the sound um he basically gave it to the sound team and said i want things to be subtle and that's it like um he he very famously gave them no instruction on what he wanted the music to sound like he basically gave them the script for the story and said you know whatever you're feeling make it and uh i think that was uh, the right decision i mean the music is really good in this game i think everyone pretty much agrees it's it's a it's ma- it's good music
2: he yeah, um, nailed it yeah, yeah. and uh, they they definitely nailed that like subtle uh that subtle ask by druckman yeah um, because i mean even even though it's the music is pretty subtle it still kind of stays with you and like if if someone played you like something from this game i would still probably be able to be like oh yeah that's probably from last of us because yeah
1: there's a there's a very like sad it's like sad americana feel almost yeah. to the music and it's like it it is something that like I, I don't know it's like yeah it it has its own distinct quality so there's a lot of simplicity in
0: his writing uh and it's also got a lot of melancholy just typically in yeah. like the keys and stuff he's writing in but and and the way that he plays it but i i think there is still a little bit of like a little like there's there's small hooks in there that you know, that can catch you there's a little bit of hope in there uh, it, it it it's not like overwhelming so it's never a moment where you would be listening to a scene and the music's going to be like blast blaring or or something that's going to take you out of the moment. It it feels like it accents everything well. Um, I, I, I I like it a lot. Yeah. yeah,
3: I agree. I think um, obviously it's all very string based. um, And I also appreciate how they use it within the game because they could be blaring these themes, you know, throughout the entire 15 hour journey, but they really choose their moments when to kind of put that music in and you can hear it build and kind of crescendo during like you know specific parts, and obviously, I think the ending of the game hits as hard as it does because of the music.
0: Yeah, yes. and it's a lot of like similar motifs from the entire game that are just that are getting reprised at the end too. So it feels connected to the characters and the story that's being told. Yeah,
2: I'm, i like, I'm always the type of person that kind of connects with things that have uh, music that kind of fits with. What you're playing or what you're watching and stuff, and so if something has some like a soundtrack that fits with the world and the story and stuff, I'm a, a lot more likely to be engaged in in it. And this is definitely one of those games that felt like it it fit perfectly in what was going on.
0: There's a lot of absence of music in the game too. Like yeah, I was going to say about yeah. like, the
1: silence again, like the the audio design. And let me let me preface. Let me also say this: like I think to this day. Look, your audio design has to be really good for me to stop playing and be like, the audio design is so good. <laughs> like, um, the Last of Us Two still has like the best audio design of any video game ever. Like, there is no question to it. Um, it's it's just incredible what they managed to do there. Um, Having
0: just booted up the remaster today, I was looking at the audio settings, and you could tell that they they have so much care in the audible like, there's a sonic experience with the game because yeah when you're looking at the settings only they let you position your speakers in the audio settings you oh, can cool. tell it where your speakers are coming from like a 360 standpoint you can tell it like i mean like a lot of these things exist now today with like dynamic range and if what your sound system is and rather in in, in those things but i've played i mean how many games in the playstation i've played that have let me say my speakers are here like, I don't know, maybe one or two. Yeah, so. I, I don't think
1: that's common. So, all right. So, yeah, The Last of Us finally did release on the PS3 in 2013. Uh, obviously, to universal critical acclaim, received a 95 on Metacritic, earning dozens of 10 out of 10 scores across the world. Um, less than a year later, the remastered version was released for PS4. It had a few upgrades, quality of life adjustments, um, better visuals, uh, you know, lighting was overhauled. Um, it's, it looks considerably different from the original. Um, I would say it looks good. Uh, I'll say that good. I've just seen it. The it still looks shadows good and stuff. The lighting is very yeah. Very we'll good. get there in a second. Um, so, uh, the Last of Us, including the remastered version, uh, has sold 20 million units. Um, so, pretty good work. Wow. Nice. Um, the um, and actually, Sony just announced yesterday that the Last of Us Two has sold 10 million units total. Um, nice. Wow. So, yeah, pretty good. Um, I think. Uh, I, I would say that I think the other ones like um I guess God of War is sort of uh, I, I guess you could kind of compare God of War God of War sold 20 million units by the end of last year um, the PS4 one so like uh, I, I guess like I don't know I, I feel like it's probably not going to have those same legs but like probably could do a little bit more and I am 100% sure The Last of Us 2 is going to come to PC as well so I'm sure it'll get a good few more units out of that um so uh let's see here um the last of us two uh sorry the last of us part one excuse me the first one it's back again yeah <laughs> so great timing. a few days ago, yeah a few days ago uh at summer games fest um naughty dog announced the last of us part one which is a re- like from the ground up remake of the first game basically using the um engine uh and the visuals the accessibility fi- uh, functions the control upgrades uh gameplay overhaul from the last of us 2 and retroactively applying it
2: to basically the story and world of the last of us 1 um i believe be... that the actual full name of it is actually called the last of us part 1 remastered 2
0: mm. <laughs> remastered, the second remastered. again
2: <laughs> uh so that's coming out
1: september 2nd uh for PlayStation 5 and it's coming out later this year for PC um so it's going to bring uh you know 3d audio dual sense haptics stuff like that um it will be 70 us dollars so prepare <laughs> um i'm already saving yeah i can't um,
0: wait to pick up ladders with hapti- haptics. Jeez.
1: this is one of those things for me where i'm like i am never going to play this remake because i've already played this game and i'm not going to pay 70 dollars to do it again uh, but it feels like if somebody wanted
2: to play the game for the first time they should play the remake version or for the first time since 2013 yeah uh, i've been waiting nine years for this um
1: so uh some of the folks this is the uh the same folks who worked on uncharted lost legacy have made this uh this remake at naughty dog so um yeah uh i think that uh we have we got like 10 minutes left uh so i wanted to talk a little bit about the left behind dlc and factions uh does anyone have anything to say about this well, I, I I mean, rewinding a little, we haven't really talked sure, about sure. gameplay at all. We haven't. Yeah. I don't know There's if we so want to get here. into that. Okay. Yeah. Maybe may, we might have to run a little long. Let's talk about the gameplay a little bit.
0: Yeah. Uh. So I, as I mentioned at the beginning of this thing, I find, I mean, the gameplay is serviceable. It's it's not bad by any means. But, um, I I find like in replaying it and and watching someone play it the. The forced sections of like city exploration, where they make you do like little puzzles, are not great. The ladder sections and the water sections, in particular, are what come to mind. Um, I, I, it's nice that they give you a little bit of able to walk around and there's things like that where i was like oh well maybe they can touch this stuff up and another remake because they're the one that came out in 2014 on ps4 is very similar to the original in those regards so they they basically took the same puzzles and the same execution and did it again and it looks a little better so if they could make some of that stuff a little less tedious and a little more just like as a i you know, mean the world is not meant to be fun gameplay wise but i i still don't think picking up a ladder and taking it to a place so you can climb up a thing and execute yeah. it on something and then climbing back down that ladder and then picking up the same ladder and then slowly strolling to another place and setting it yeah. on the target and I mean, climbing it, it up adds It adds like nothing to the game, it, it happens a
1: lot in the Naughty Dog games overall, <laughs> I will say. Yeah. And uh, I, I also,
0: another thing, like, so when the game, when I first played it, I, I had a really hard time giving it an internal score. So, I mean, obviously, as as I said, this was later, After the game came out and I had a lot of people had hyped it up when I played it. And after coming out of the game, I was really waffling with like an 8.59 kind of range because I had a lot of struggle, a lot of like game breaking moments in the gameplay that took my enjoyment away from certain moments. And so like I obviously I could say like the music was great. The writing was great. The characterization is great. The world building mm-hmm. was great. But then when I was actually playing the game, there was so many times Ellie would just run across a gap and I would be like, you know, behind a waist high wall waiting for someone to come up and I was going to execute something and Ellie would just like take off in a direction and I would yeah. be in and the in and, and the AI would not see her. Sometimes they were triggered, sometimes they weren't. Um, is- the actual like stealth gameplay itself was fine. Like it wasn't bad. And, and I think if you play on grounded, you get a completely different experience if you play on like not grounded as well, which is a different topic. But um, I, I like again, it's fine gameplay that I just like there's so many like little things that happened within it that if you're making a serious game that like, clearly they wanted a serious game with the subject matter. And then there was like comical stuff happening while I was playing the game or like frustrating mm-hmm. elements that I was like, uh, I, I just like I, I wasn't loving those aspects of it
1: so let me this is the way i phrased this this game like i really enjoyed playing this game i'm glad that i did and i i really loved the the story especially i don't think i really had fun playing it (laughs) yeah i don't think i would have described playing the game as fun it like i'm not very good at third person shooters to begin with they don't really click with me like first person shooters click with me just so much better um but like on top of that like I really was, like, not having a lot of fun trying to, like, aim the guns right and everything, and just, it just didn't feel like it was right. And, again, they played this in 2019, so, you know, maybe I was used to better feeling guns at that time, but, like, um, I ended up knocking it down to easy mode, like, halfway through the game, um, because I just kind of wanted to enjoy the story, which was better, because I I enjoyed it way more after that. Um, That was the right thing to do.
2: I will say that I kind of feel like with the gameplay, there's a little bit of a learning curve with it because like it, it, I mean, it felt different from obviously from first person shooters and it kind of felt different from third person games at the time that it kind of, it took a second to get used to it. Um, I don't know why, but it took me so long to get used to doing headshots that I was like, is this even something I'm supposed to be reasonably be able to do but then once you get it down it's like oh wow this is like really easy i don't know why i had a difficulty with this in the beginning
3: yeah it, and and i don't i don't disagree i think um you know having played it first in 2013 um I, I don't think we had seen a lot of kind of the that kind of ar partnership that we have with with ellie yeah. so I, re- I remember being very impressed when you know the type of thing she did kind of like emily in 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 you know by infinite you know getting you ammo and stuff like that ellie net doesn't necessarily do that but you know, if you're getting attacked, she will jump on someone and stab their back and help you out. And there's a lot of like elements that kind of play in there that I remember being completely shocked, being like, oh my God, like she's, she's actually participating in a way that, that I haven't had before. Um, obviously that's dated now. And, um, and, and, you know, I think some of those moments that, that, that we kind of talked about kind of happen. Um, but um, having beat it in, you know, survivor mode and grounded mode and all of those, you know, you can get through the majority of the game without firing a single shot, right? And there's a lot of mechanics in there um, from, you know, you being able to throw a brick at someone and then immediately shank them, do a bunch of different things where you're using the resources around you where you don't have to use a whole lot of ammunition. And um, I I agree. I mean, I, I I don't think Naughty Dog particularly is good at gunplay. I don't think they're good at it in Uncharted. I don't think they're very good at it and even in The Last of Us I think headshots yeah. are are in general really hard to get. Um but I think they do a good job with all the kind of different gameplay elements that if you take time to kind of learn and and test things out. I mean granted you're going to die, but if you test them out you'll actually find a lot of creative ways to take out entire sections using a lot of the stuff you have in your arsenal from the smoke bombs to the, to like the nail grenades, to the different types mm-hmm. of weapons that you have and, and how to use them against people. But, um, but yeah, they definitely improved on that. in the last of us part. Yeah.
1: Two. To, to that point, I was going to say like the, the last of us two, the gameplay is so much improved. I'd literally, I don't even know how to apply a metric to it. Like um, the idea of retroactively fitting that to the story in the last of us one is exciting for that remake. You know, that's like, that's really cool. Um, I just yeah. like don't know. I don't know. I never had an inclination to replay this game personally, but um, I, I will say like that was I obviously right now in this week in
0: particular, there's a lot of people talking about how needed this remaster is and the new engine. And I would say like most of our critiques are largely coming from like the yeah, the like play I think they will be
1: solved by exactly what they're doing. And from so them. like yeah. while the game
0: doesn't necessarily need to be remade from a graphical standpoint, or obviously not from a story standpoint, I I think that the in the internal teams think, you know, they hold this game very high regard and so they yeah. want they want to show it off as good as it can be. Yeah. And uh, I think I think with that new engine, um, most of my gripes with it. I I mean again, I, I hope they completely rework those ladder
3: and water puzzles but we'll see what happens yeah it'll it'll be it'll be interesting to see because uh i think uh druckman himself said that this is kind of the limitations that they had in the playstation 3 like this game will be what their initial vision was i see um so with with that said like you know whether they add more to i'm kind of hoping we get a little bit more story beats a couple more elements in um it would be cool if like the left behind dlc which is something we're going to talk about just real quickly which i think is probably one of the best dlcs that that i've ever played um you know kind of telling that not just ellie's story that kind of adds so much to her character but you also get some of the in between what happens when joel was was um impaled um I'm kind of hoping they they weave that into the I actual was about, game. I was,
1: I was literally about to say that. Like, I think it was. I think it's definitely possible they they just weave the Left Behind DLC like kind like of Deus like with Deus Ex
0: Human Human yeah. uh, whatever when they did that thing with the DLC and they like kind of just shoved it in for the exactly because <laughs> they
3: they have said that the fall section of the game is much shorter than they originally intended it to be because they run out of time. They ran out of production. Yeah. Um So even though I don't think we're gonna get you know cut content that we've never seen it'd be it'll be interesting to see kind of how if, if they do flow. anything different exactly that would be really cool to see yeah
2: um, it definitely looks like it's gonna be enough to where I'm actually going to like rebuy it and replay it yeah be I, like like what's different from whenever I played it like almost 10 years ago i
1: definitely will i just don't think i'm gonna do 70 dollars for it at all <laughs> so, well,
0: so I, i've been wanting
2: to <laughs> replay the game again to like
0: get a mm-hmm. fresh ice because something that i was thinking like when we were talking about gameplay and how like you don't need to fire a shot which was mentioned on uh, most encounters uh that it seems like a game that feels more rewarding as you play it more times because you you understand the flow of each encounter. You understand the structure of each encounter where things are tackling. them almost more like a puzzle than combat. And, and so like if you're playing out on a higher difficulty, like grounded, you know, they limit your resources. So then you really do have to fa- factor in those puzzles, which is interesting. But um, obviously, if you have your first experience was not that enjoyable, there's very little wants to do it again and and so i think i i've been i've been dragging my feet on replaying the game not necessarily waiting for a remaster just because i haven't gotten around to it but now like now the remaster is announced i'm like oh yeah for sure i'll play it again
1: yeah so let's yeah let's try and talk about the dlc real quickly i mean it is it is a great dlc um it basically follows ellie from before she meets joel i think it's like is it like a year before she meets him or something two years or something
3: well it's i mean it's 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 very it have a date? soon before because at the end of the DLC, she's recently bit, and she's oh, okay. yeah, and yeah. when she meets Joel, she says like, "Oh, this is already a couple weeks old." So oh, this okay. is okay. This is, yeah, very clearly after.
1: Yeah. So uh, this also features her friend's name is Riley, right? Riley. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the two of them are in this mall and everything, but I, I don't know if anyone was like kind of talk about this, but it's <laughs> um, how long was it? It's was like four or five hours. It's right?
0: well, your first it's, it's, playthrough is probably going to be longer, but if you're going through it, it's really like a two hour thing. If you can hit all of those uh, combat sections pretty mm-hmm. well.
3: Yeah. I would say it's a good three, three and a half hours, even for, okay. for like doing it your first time. Yeah. I think that's what
1: I, I probably took around four hours, but um, it's a really powerful story. It kind of gives a little bit more character to, to Ellie uh, as a person, because the, um, well, while, while the main game focuses on, you know, both of them, like Joel is sort of the protagonist of that story. And this does give Ellie some background and also gives a little bit more, uh weight to the things that she says and does during the main game 100 percent, yeah and uh you know also um showcases like her her um sexuality in like a very natural way that doesn't feel like forced at all or anything and it's like that's you know that's that's nice i mean again this is one of those things like in 2013 it's like you just didn't see a lot you know (laughs) and so uh being able to do that and create i think like a um I don't know, just like a really well written, uh, believable uh, gay character without it feeling like something they were like trying to check a box off was great at that time. Obviously, it's like a it's a very like I'm, I'm not saying they met like a bare minimum, but like, I mean, just compared to what what compared to what the rest of the video game world was like at that time, like they did a really great job.
3: Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, you know, one of the things that, that it also kinda helps and I, I think was, was one of the issues that I had with The Last of Us first playing it was there is that scene where Joel gets impaled and, and pretty much Ellie saves his life, gets him on on the horse, but then he falls off the horse and then at that point we cut off two months later or whatever. And you kinda wonder, well, how did he how did she get him back on the horse? How did she save his life after being impaled like that? You know, and um and that was something that wasn't too believable for me. And they explain all of that in that DLC. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in, in in a believable way, like even, even that question I had, like, how, how did she pick him up and put him back on the horse? Like, obviously she couldn't be able to do that. Well, she didn't, she crafted, you know, um, pretty much a kind of like a sled that she got, he rolled him onto and tied that to the horse. And that's how she got to the mall. Right. So just like little details like that. Um, I appreciate that they. They kind of answer those questions that were kind of like, you know, what the heck just yeah. happened here?
0: It feels like something where they were on time constraints and they just couldn't fit it into the development yeah, cycle. Yeah, I can see that. And so they're like, well, here, where instead of putting it into the game, we'll, we'll create like something that's like a time cut that you could say like, oh, something happens. And then we'll show you what happened, you know, later when we are able to make it i i like the dlc a lot i i think a lot of it is better than the base game in certain ways because it, it really like focuses on the strengths of what made the base game really good uh, it was a lot of very i mean character focus you know it the yeah. the halloween store in particular is one of the better yeah, sections that. That was in really any good. of the game because it, it has like it has humanity with like them a, a And confronting each other but it also has a lot of humor and a lot of like just their their like typical attention to detail of how many masks you can like look at and interact with and the eight ball that you can constantly like you can ask it like 50 questions or something insane you just like keep going you're like how many voice lines did they
3: record for this yeah it was a lot um Yeah. Yeah. And I I like that arcade section also when they're playing the game. Obviously, that was her dream. And that's something that kind of comes up in the main game as well. Like when she sees uh, uh, an arcade box that that isn't on and she kind of reminisces on that a bit. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and wrap up. So, um, factions. I'm guys... no, just kidding. Oh, okay. Just there's a multiplayer mode. It's called factions. People. It's like really it. good. It's like really, <laughs> really good. I did. Uh, I did actually play that a little bit. It actually yeah. was pretty fun. Yeah. No, I'll it's. it's say, I never I'll played just... it, but it's. Yeah. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, I'll just say the thing that I appreciate about factions because I'm not a multiplayer guy is is that it was set up where it didn't matter really if you won or if you lost as long as you completed the specific challenge. Right. That meant that that meant that you attracted more people into your faction type deal. Mm-hmm. So what I appreciate about that, because I'm horrible at multiplayer games is as long as I can take out three people with like a bat or whatever, even if I lose, I took out those three people with a bat. I still won. Right. Like I didn't go back. So um, I think that that's um, a really cool concept yeah. and I'm really excited for whatever Naughty Dog is doing for their big multiplayer project.
1: Right. Yeah. So they are making like a, basically a sequel to factions as a standalone multiplayer game, um, which uh, I don't know if it's going to be, you know, set in the world of the last of us. And uh, they said it will be a story driven, a fully multiplayer game. Um, So I'm interested to see what that looks like. um, But I don't know what that structure is going to be. I have an idea for a name. I want them to call it the rest of us. That'd be fun. (laughs) There you go. That's good.
3: Um, Perfect.
1: I wonder if so, Bungie's
3: helping them at all with it though.
1: That is a great question because Sony did buy Bungie like six months ago or something. And like, it was to, for the reason of supporting Sony's first party multiplayer projects. So like, yeah, in my brain, I was sort of thinking when they were talking about it on stage, I was like, is this going to be destiny? <laughs> <laughs> it makes um, me
0: think of Mass Effect 3, where the multiplayer originally was tied into like all of that, like raising morale with your troops or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's always awkward to try to connect those two things when they're such disparate things, you know, but anyway, so yeah, let's, uh, let's get out of here. Thank you guys for, for joining us um, for this very beefy episode. Uh, As I said, there would be like, God, if we had to try to cover the last of us Two in this, it would have been like a four hour podcast. Um, We will definitely do a separate episode for that later. Um, So let's see here. Um, Yeah. You can uh, find us at game luster.com. And, uh, you can find us at youtube.com slash gamelester as well. We have people making videos now. What? Um, that are not what? me. <laughs> it's just, it's been just me for a while. Um, but yeah, you can find us on Twitter at GamebustersPod. And uh, GameLuster has an Instagram now, which is just GameLuster. Go check us out. Um, and so, yeah, thank you to our, our guests for joining us. And remember to recommend to your friends and give us ratings on iTunes and Spotify. Really appreciate that. And also, we are hiring. Cool. Um, I still have some. I think we still have room to onboard like one or two more people. So if you're interested in writing for us or doing video content, um, hit us up. We got uh, stuff all over our socials for it. So um, yeah, does anyone want to to plug anything? Uh, do you guys have any anything you you're working on? You want to share?
3: Um, no, I think if anything, um, I have a a pretty beefy essay on the Last of Us Part Two. Uh, about four thousand words that, that i wrote and you can find that over on backlog.com slash brudanos you can find me brudanos on any of the social networks that's b-r-u-d-a-n-o-s and um, if you're interested in uh, my thoughts on the last of us part two it's pretty much all written out in there
1: yeah oh that actually reminds me to quickly before i forget plug i have a video i made a very long time ago um when this game came out so like two years ago um uh, about uh kind of my thoughts on like comparing the the juxtaposed themes of death stranding and the last of us two, which I've played at the same time, which are very very like surprisingly similar thematically um and then go in complete opposite directions so I have like a video essay on that which I think came out well It's on YouTube uh check that out if you'd like
2: um uh Kyle, how about you uh no, I don't really have anything to plug, but I uh, just wanted to say thank you for having me again and yeah, I know you'll be back. Ready to be back again at some point. Kyle's, Kyle's like our veteran.
1: I think he's been on like nine or ten episodes <laughs> yeah. now. I'd like to plug uh, this podcast. Nice. Actually. Yeah. T- <laughs> yeah. I hope you. I hope you hear about it somewhere. Um, <laughs> David, you got anything? Nah. Uh, a game Luster podcast. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a good one. Yeah. yeah. In case you Jeez. haven't heard of it, Game Busters. It's a, Busters. a
0: pretty pretty it's on good. The, uh, it's on all the video game things. podcast.
1: Yep. Okay. Uh, does anyone want to take us out with a uh, sort of an interpretation of maybe a famous quote from The Last of Us or uh, something like that? Uh,
2: things might look bad now, but they won't take out The Last of Us. I love when Joel looks directly into the camera and says that. <laughs>
0: this truly right. is <laughs> the last yeah of it's of like is that,
1: Yeah, I love when they're like filing into that, that uh, door at the end of, like after Joel leaves the hospital and he turns around and says I guess that was the last of us
3: <laughs> the best, okay. part. best part of that whole game it's the best part All right, yeah. see you guys, bye bye